Nick Danzig. And I'm Hannah Hampton, and you're listening to HR After Hours. Well, let an unattentive counselor watch me drown in the lake and call me Jason. Hannah Hampton, welcome to the HR After Hours special Halloween episode. Ah! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm excited. I love Halloween, so this is this is going to be a delight. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, other than our parents and significant others, which make up about 50% of our demographic, I don't think our listeners know how much of a massive Halloween fans you and I really, really are. We really uh, are. Oh, I, 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 my Shutter subscription is up and running. Yes. I am so excited. I have a thing that I do where I watch something Halloween-related. Every day I watch one Halloween-related item. If it's a busy day and I really don't, I'm not in the mood for television, I'll watch just a, a Halloween-themed episode of Family Guy or whatever. But what, what do you do to get in the spirit? Well, you know, I love spooky stuff as well. And I joke that I watch those things year-round. But, you know, I, I'm the same way. I will... I will continue to watch at, a, I guess, a, a higher velocity <laughs> uh, spooky stuff. I also have my copy of Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark that used to scare me as a kid, and I still get a delight out of that. I mean, it's just, uh, tis, the, tis the season. I wear, I'm going to wear my, my black and orange and uh, just revel in the halloween season so it's uh I, I agree i love watching scary movies i watched the new i started watching the new season just launched last night of the history of horror on amc which is so much fun and i love watching the backstories of the movies that i enjoy so this is uh this is our time to shine or this is our time of year of all the pop culture the spooky pop culture that we we love we you know again i feel like we watch probably throughout the the year but at a higher density this time <laughs> that is true i mean when we worked in the same company and there were outings and people were doing things you and i were always looking for the newest horror film to go watch totally. or something like that i started my day off with some booberry cereal yes <laughs> you know the thing about booberry is they it seems to kind of be more prevalent around Halloween. You can find Frankenberry and Count Chocula year round, but it's almost like Booberry is the McRib of the ghost themed cereals. So I'm really we excited to Booberry season. Sorry. Oh, God, how did we? Oh, I brought it. <laughs> the McRib. No, I'm just kidding. Well, that's one scary ass clown, too. So there, we fit him <laughs> into the, the Halloween theme. So speaking of scary ass stuff, it's a lot of people, yeah. it's that time to either start or prepare for open enrollment open for enrollment. benefits and insurance. How's yours going? You know, <laughs> I'm not going to lie just somewhat started in the process we're working on our renewal but mine is not scary we had a phenomenal renewal this year where our, our premiums went down by almost 10 percent it's like an average of like 8.7 so i'm really excited to be able to share this news with my larger population when that happens and yeah so i not so scary for me but it's probably scary for other people well, that was more of a downer than Buzz Killington, gosh darn it. But no, that's awesome. <laughs> let's do what what people do around this time of year, and let's tell a couple stories. So I want Ooh. to, sticking with the theme, 
Hannah, how about telling me one of your scariest human <laughs> resources tales? Seriously, like I, we all know working in HR can be scary. Um, it can be gross and it can be scary. I, I before I get into my story, I, I had a conversation with a coworker about I don't want to say unwritten rule, but if you talk to any human resources manager who's been in HR for a number of years, everyone has a poop story to tell, and somehow. It just becomes part of the life of a human resources manager that somebody reports something poop related to you and you have to deal with it. And I feel like everyone listening will be like, yes, that's happened to me. Honestly, it happened my first year as an HR manager. It happened to me where, and I'll never forget, it was reported to me. Somebody came to my office and said, there is a biological disaster in the men's room. <laughs> and that that became- sounds like Sunday morning at Mix House. <laughs> my favorite like biological disaster was the most like appropriate or kindest way for this person to tell me that there was poop everywhere so biological disaster anyways I think we all have those horror stories but mine the story I want to share it stuck with me this was years and years and years ago but it's a recruiting related story so literally for a hot minute and I mean a hot minute like two months I had a role where I was doing staff augmentation. So I was doing recruiting to help staff short-term projects. And this was, I, it was at a company I worked at and I, um, you know, it was just almost a temporary role that I was filling. But basically what we would do is our process, we would send people off to interviews at our clients. They would basically hire these temps through us or not temps, but like short-term projects through us. But what we would do was we would have the person come to our office to fill out the paperwork, kind of do a preliminary interview before we sent them over to our clients. And I think that's, that's a normal process just to make sure, okay, that we're aligned on the background, just double checking some things. But again, like they're going to be our employees. So we want to have them fill out the appropriate application paperwork and whatnot. So I had this happen where we had a we had a candidate come to us and I thought it was a great fit and the client was really excited because this person happened to be from their hometown. So they got really excited about the potential. They didn't know them, but certainly they were excited about the potential of somebody working from their hometown on this project. So the person comes to our office and I said, okay, it's great to see you as, you know, as we discussed, I'm going to have you fill out some paperwork and then we're going to have a discussion just to, you know, talk about your background. Well, I don't know if they had completely forgotten about that fact, but they're, they're like, why do I have to interview <laughs> before I talk to the client? I said, well, that's just our process. We want to make sure that, you know, we've crossed our T's and dotted our I's. Well, the person was completely angry about this and went into the conference room and just folded their arms around their chest and pretty much acted like a spoiled child when we asked any questions. And this person was getting madder and madder to the point where they, I thought that they were gonna just lose it. And when they, I had, I, I decided now's the good time for them to fill out the paperwork, just maybe they can calm down. When I collected the paperwork, it was ripped because of how hard they were writing with the pen and how angry they got. So I, my little spidey senses started mm-hmm. going. So I went to my boss and I'm like, hey, um, really uncomfortable right now. <laughs> I said, there is a candidate who I'm not sure what he's going to do. I said, will you talk to them? 
So my boss went and talked to them, basically walked them out of the building, and we put our office on lockdown because we did not know what this guy was going to do. And I had, you know, it was one of those things where this was new to me. I'd never experienced somebody quite so angry where they're ripping paper because they're furiously filling out the paperwork. And I had, I basically called my husband and said, will you come meet me at my office? I do not want to leave here by myself. And uh, it was one of those things where I do appreciate the company took really good care of me, locked down the office and made sure I was okay. But I don't think I've ever been afraid of a candidate except for on that that point because I thought I, I thought at one point he was just going to reach across the table and like wring my neck because how dare I ask them questions and I'm and at the end of the day I said moral of the story this is exactly why we pre-interview people so we don't send somebody with anger issues to a client and cause our uh, relationship with that client to go sour so that is my HR horror story. I love it. I love it. In, in all seriousness, when they start acting like that, because I think we've all had that one incident where all of a sudden it's like you mentioned your spidey senses, but you, mm-hmm. I, I mean, we've all had that one where it almost gives you like chills, like, yeah. whoa, because people put off this negative, intense energy and you pick it up and you're like, oh my gosh, this person's scaring the bejesus out of me. Yes, I was then, fearful. I was yeah. definitely afraid at that point. I was upset. <laughs> you, what did it take? You spent half an hour and the guy showed his true colors that mm-hmm. that is exactly why you do that, right? That's why you interview him first because what if he sat there and did that during the client interview? The client might assume that you didn't even interview him because you right. didn't catch that kind of behavior. So that's oh. a, it's a scary, but cautionary tale with the I, lesson. I forgot the one thing, because I mentioned that the person was from their hometown. When we called the client to tell them that he was no longer going to the interview, they were really disappointed. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, of course, the hometown person is the one that decides to, to, you know, get all angry and just uh, scary, you know? And I certainly like, I never joke about mental illness, but I'm like, I thought he was going to lose his shit on me. <laughs> no, you know, this is my story, so I'll tell it really quickly because I do have a, a scary story as well. But yeah. I recently had a friend of mine tell me the company they work for do a lot of the impulse items. And mm-hmm. when you go to check out like phone chargers or sure. there a lot of that stuff in Circle K that, that changes like fidget spinners and oh, yeah. emoji pillows. Like for some reason, poop emoji pillows was popular for a while but that that kind of weird stuff yeah and right now with the fred and the possible federal legalization of marijuana coming up some of the things they sell are smoke related whether they're ah. the very strong propane lighters or smokeless ashtrays or grinders i guess people use these things to grind up their marijuana but these are all things that you're seeing in these states mm-hmm. now that are legal at like the Circle K. One area director had a referral and it was someone, uh, same thing from his hometown. And he really, he ultimately found out is that they went to the same church and he mm. was, you know, a member of the church and on the board and blah, blah, blah. So my friend's like, well, this area director, it's their referral for their area. I can't think of a reason to say no, especially after interviewing. And sure. so they got him on board during their training that's when they were making their stops to do the fulfillments at the Circle K's in that area. I think it was Florida. This new hire, this gentleman, 
He was at his hotel room the first night. He told the area director he wasn't comfortable with this type of product and that he was quitting and then went back to the church and told all the parishioners about how he sold marijuana paraphernalia and that he can't believe (laughs) that a member of their church would condone, let alone engage in the practice of selling these devices and like really messed the guy's world up for a bit because the, you know, remember Florida area, we're talking Southern Baptist, let the judgment begin on this gentleman's business and that he sold the, you know, these things. And so it really upended his life for a while, not to mention that it created an issue at work because the person lasted one day and they didn't go after oh other candidates. So it was a true flipping nightmare. And that's why I, <laughs> I love my friends, but I tell them, if you're going to work for me or with me, realize I'm going to be harder than on you than anyone else. And of that, that, my friends, is another nightmare as well. Um, <laughs> But let me tell you the tale oh. the, the naive traveler who relocated to the big city of New York. I'll probably bum, edit bum, this bum. out. Bum, bum, bum. So anyway, so when I first started recruiting in New York, and this was the first time a few years back, I had met this amazing candidate. He had moved up from the South, and he was such a breath of fresh air in the interviewing process. One of those that said, oh, Mr. Danzig all the time as he answered my questions. And even in our casual conversations, as I prepared him for the interview uh, and through the steps and everything built up and he was this very professional, polite young man from the South Mm -hmm. and he had family in New York and he was so excited to relocate there. Guy was just, I mean, the dream candidate. So we did his first interview with me. And like I said, he just passed everything with flying colors and I separate work from my personal life. But this is like one of the few candidates that I'm like, I should become Facebook friends with him. Mm. Or, you know, wow, what a, what a just refreshingly nice human being. And so he gets through the first interview and he gets back and he thanks me profusely for the opportunity. And then we go to the second interview and the second interview, he still checks in with me before he leaves, even tells me what he was planning on wearing and making sure that that wasn't too flashy of a suit. This is how ideal of Mm -hmm. a candidate is. And he, he goes into the second interview and just knocks everyone's socks off. So then I send him the paperwork to start his references and his background check. And he gets everything back to me right away. And I've got everything geared up. And then I'm like, all right, well, I'll talk to you Thursday. I'm going to give you a quick run through of some of the questions they asked. This third interview was very intensive, but I, you've got it. They love you. This is only yours to, to ruin at this point. Sure. Keep doing what you're doing. And I'm encouraging him and he's excited And then text him the night before our prep call. And I said, hey, I just emailed you some bullet points to review. Check those out. Let me know if you have any questions on our call tomorrow. So then 10 a.m. rolls around and I call him and the phone rings and it rings and it rings. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is so unlike him. So I shoot him a text. Hey, I just tried to call. Uh, Is everything okay? I'm worried at this point. Mm-hmm. No response. No response. Then I call him again. And this time the phone rings once 
And then it's like it was pushed to voicemail. So now I'm really worried. What's happened? Is he okay? I'm picturing that he's he's at knife point tied up on a chair in his living room. Surely (laughs) something just horrible has happened. So I I text him, you know, please let me know you're okay. If something's happened and I need to reschedule your interview, let me know. But we we can we can get you prepped. You know, just let me know that everything's okay. And if you want me to reschedule the interview, nothing, nothing. So then I I checked the New York Times and the New York Post, and I'm looking to see if there's been any accidents Mm. of a young, naive Southerners falling to some ill fate, and I can't find anything. So I call again, and nothing. I tried over and over to get a hold of him and never reached him that day. I emailed him the next day, called him, texted him, nothing. He disappeared. Oh, my gosh. It was like he was a ghost, and I'd never heard from him again. That only happens once a week now, but anyway, yeah, no, that was the first time that Mick Danzig had been ghosted. 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 Oh my goodness. I think we've, sadly, I think now we've all experienced those ghost, <laughs> ghost stories, but man, that one's pretty dramatic because it seems so perfect, and then the next thing you know, the person is gone. Um, did you ever like hear from them again or have you seen them in on LinkedIn? Is there any updates? No, he is still unaccounted for to this day. And I keep looking for his image on an almond milk carton. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's all the time we have for today. Hannah Hampton, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. And, You know, welcome to spooky season.